This is the Two Fish Podcast, where we try to keep biblical truths simple. Your hosts, Nick Burt and Aaron Apple. Hey, everybody, we are back for another exciting episode of the Two Fish Podcast. Uh, we hope that uh, you're all caught up on all of our episodes. Yep. And if you are not, make sure you keep listening and leaving those five-star reviews for us and helping us along the way. Share it on your Facebook page and uh, help us grow this audience and spread the good news of Jesus. Yes, and one of the best spreaders of the good news of Jesus in all of the Bible is the Apostle Paul. And so that's who we're going to talk about tonight. So let's get right into it. I feel like uh, this is something we've talked about a little bit, uh, wanting to do this episode. And so we put some research into it. And the Apostle Paul is not like the other apostles who were the disciples of Jesus. Um, The Apostle Paul that we know of didn't even run into Jesus. He definitely would have been alive during that time. He was alive. But not. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. But, But yeah, the Apostle Paul. Also known as Saul. Yes, he started off as Saul. That was when he was kind of chasing after Jesus. Let's yeah. let's put it that way. We have a ton of scripture um, that we're going to be pulling from. If you go and listen to us on Spotify or on these other platforms, we'll have all that listed when it releases tomorrow morning. Oh yeah, the Who, Apostle Paul. So the Apostle Paul is sometimes also called the Saint Paul or Saul of Taurus. I lived from about five BCE to about 67 CE, before Christ and after would be the other abbreviations for those. Yeah, the 80 after death. After death, yeah. So the Apostle Paul was a Jewish-born guy. He was Hebrew. He was proud of his Hebrew heritage, but he had dual citizenship. So a little bit of history, I guess, is what we'll talk about here. Um, He had dual citizenship. His dad became a Roman citizen, and so because of that, his family, including Saul, Paul, we'll call him Paul, unless we're specifically saying, talking about him being Saul, but Paul, because of that relationship to his dad, he was given um, Roman citizenship, which we'll talk about. He uses when he wants to, to help him get out of trouble. Yeah. When he needs to. Yeah. Um, He's very proud though of his Hebrew and Jewish upbringing. So I guess the first scripture will go to Acts 16, 37 through 39 But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens and threw us in prison. And now do they want us, they want to get rid of us quietly? No, let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they heard this, that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prisons, requesting them to leave the city. So here's that example in the Bible where um, Paul and Silas get thrown in prison. They actually get beaten. And Paul's like, whoa, you can't do this. Yeah. He whips out his Roman card and he's like, we're Roman citizens, which in their culture, they get a fair trial. Yeah. And so then not realizing that when they go to, when they realize that they're like, oh crap, what have we done? And so they try to get rid of him quietly. And Paul's like, heck no, no, you got to do this in front of everyone. Cause you screwed up. It's kind of funny about that. He didn't whip out that card until after he got the beaten. That's like true. you would have thought, right he started beating me. I'm a Roman. I don't know if they had a card or what they had, but there was something. Yeah. They knew that when yeah. you said you're a Roman citizen, there was a way to prove it. Yeah. I don't know what that way is, but you would have thought he would have did that before he got beaten. Yeah. When he was called, 
when and we'll talk about his his um, conversion. Jesus, God clearly said he is going to suffer in my name. I think that's partly because of all the suffering that he caused the Jewish people. That's just my opinion, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So he was highly educated. His family was would have been a wealthier family. Um, he grew up in the synagogues, teaching and learning from Gamaliel. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, that's what we'll go with. But yeah, um, Paul referenced to the fact that he studied underneath him, and uh, like that is Gamaliel was very important. He was very yep. pre- prestigious, prestigious yep. uh, influencer in the Pharisees. In Acts five thirty four, it says, "But a Pharisee named Gamaliel." a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. So that verse right there, the 34 um, points to his teacher being a very well-known and a very honored. So he had very good upbringing and teaching in the law, in the scriptures, the law of Moses that the Pharisees fought so hard against Jesus to hold on to. And, so Paul was a Pharisee and not a Sadducee. Correct. So it, at this time, there there were the two main ones in the Jewish culture, and that was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and and they grew to hate each other. Yeah. And Paul was definitely a Pharisee uh, during that time. Another scripture that points to that would be Acts twenty two three. I am a Jew born in Taurus of Sicily, Tarsus, <clears throat> Tarsus. That? Of Cecilia brought up in this city, I studied under Gamelia and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as anyone of you are today. Yeah. So even though at this point that he's talking about in Acts twenty two three, even before he became a follower of Jesus, he was zealous for God. He he wanted to chase after God. He had a desire for whatever God had for him. Yeah. Yeah. And up until his conversion, that was being a Pharisee and yeah. he was actually persecuting those that were trying to become Christian. Yeah. He had a hatred for the Christian. And I think that really stemmed from if Jesus was the Messiah, he came to, to, if he, we know he is, but for them, if he's the Messiah, he came to save the Jews. And we've talked before, they expected a conqueror. They expected a king to come in, kill off the Romans, right, and set up a worldly empire here. And obviously, Jesus did not do that in any way, shape, or form. Um, he came for a different reason. But what happened was Christianity opened their religion, that Judaism, started opening that up to, you know, it wasn't for just the Jews. It was for the Gentiles, too. And the Pharisees hated that. They, they, they didn't want the Gentiles to be a part of it. And I think that from, in my mind, that's one of the reasons why Paul hated these at that time, Saul hated these Christians because they were spreading the gospel of Jesus and opening up this door making it bigger. And I think he hated that. So he became, had a hatred for these Christians and he, and he started persecuting them. And we find in Acts um, Acts chapter eight, the first martyr for Jesus for the gospel was Stephen, and Paul oversaw that the stoning of Stephen. So Acts eight one through three, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jeru- Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. 
godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. So this is, this is Paul. After they kill Stephen, he is just raged and yep. going from house to house, and he doesn't care if you're man or woman. Yep. If you're praising the name of Jesus Christ, he's throwing your butt in prison. Yeah. If you're preaching that Jesus was the Messiah, that is not what they wanted to hear. That disrupted their culture. That disrupted their community. That disrupted their hand on this religion that they've created out of the law of Moses. Right. This bigger than what it was supposed to be. So so at this point, Saul himself would not have believed that Jesus was yeah. the Messiah. Correct. The Messiah to them is an end time, mm-hmm. like when that was what they viewed, and they did not view this as being end time. And that's what Jews still believe today. They're still waiting on, many Jews are still waiting on their Messiah. Um, but what the cool thing about that is when he was going into those um, houses and ripping them out and people were starting to scatter, these Christians scattered. And what Paul even at that point yet didn't realize what God was doing is he he was scattering and so that the message didn't stay right there in Jerusalem, didn't stay right there in that small area where they were. He forced them out by persecution to spread out, and then from there continued to spread the gospel. And what he didn't know he was doing was helping to pass God's word on. Right. He was well at the time he was making his job even harder. Exactly. He's trying to shut this movement down, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, this killing of Stephen, God obviously used it to glorify His name mm-hmm. because. Paul came in trying to persecute these people, and they're like, all right, we're out of here. And they all went their separate ways, yeah. continuing to share yeah. the gospel and the good news of Jesus. And it kind of kind of bit them in the butt. Yeah. So then Acts chapter 9 is where we get Paul's conversion. And I really think this also points to how angry he was at these Christians Um, Verse 1, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any who belonged to the way, Christians, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. We'll stop there. Verse 2, he hates it and he wants permission. He wants written permission for what he's doing. He wants it to be a law. He wants he wants to be able to go out and have authority to do this, to kill, to throw in prison, to torture. He wants it not just to be something he's doing. He wants backing behind him. Right. He basically wants the I can throw you in jail card. Yeah. Like I'm the I am the sheriff of this and yep. what I say goes. And so he takes this responsibility on himself. He puts this calling on himself. But in verse three, God has different plans for him. Verse three in chapter nine, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So this is an account Paul had. Paul didn't meet Jesus in the flesh. Never, never got to have an interaction with him, but on this road of his, a culmination of this persecuting the Christians, he was doing it, but now he has authority to do it. He is at the height of his, what he feels his calling is. 
God knocks him off this horse he's on, or this donkey he's on, and he, for the first time, meets Jesus, but not in the flesh. He meets him in the spirit, so to say. Right, which is it's amazing. Like Up to this point, we've had the 12 disciples who all walked in flesh with Jesus, and this is the first story we're hearing of mm-hmm. in the spirit, Yeah, really. And and Paul is handpicked by Jesus for this, yeah. For for what is to come of the rest of Paul's story, yeah. And it's a an amazing encounter, and it blinds him. The Bible says three days he was blind. So the people that were with him had to carry him and kind of walk him. This blind guy who can't see anything, who just saw this right. light so powerful that he's blinded, and he he has to go in. For three days, not knowing what's next, not knowing. God just said, go into the town. Someone will catch up with you. Do what they say to do. So at the same time then that Paul's getting this vision of Jesus, another man in Damascus, Ananias, is also getting a vision and a revelation from God. Ananias, in verse 15, but the Lord said to Ananias, okay, so before 15, I'm sorry, the Lord says, hey, Saul's coming into town. Right. I want you to heal him and then tell him that he's my vessel basically. And he's going to spread my word. And Ananias argues with God and says, heck no, no, I don't no want to do you. Do you, do you know who Saul is? God, he, like he is yep. like we just read, he is actively persecuting anybody that's yep. claiming the name of Jesus. And like, you're asking me to go to this man no, I'm not going to do that. He's going to persecute and kill me. Right. And God says in verse 15, but the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their Kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So it's hard to argue with that. So Paul thought he had this, he had one mission in his life. He's decided I'm going to persecute these people. And God said, no, actually this is your calling. Right. You're going to be my vessel. Right. You did not, you've already been my vessel. You didn't know you spread already started spreading the word, but you're going to be my vessel to carry this on. I'm going to think as funny as I will verse 16. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. All the suffering that he's caused to other people. That's where I kind of feel like there's that. Hey, watch what you do. There are consequences to what yeah. you do. What comes around goes around. Yeah. Now that that's not a theological stance at all. I have no backing <laughs> for that. That's just me looking at the situation and saying, "You're going to remember what you did. Right. You're forgiven. You're going to forgive you. You're going to feel it. But you're going to feel it, and you're going to understand. Yeah. And I think Paul struggled with that. Well, and like we read earlier, that Paul was zealous for God at this time, and yeah. and he he knocked him off the horse and blinded him. Yep. Before there was electricity and sent them, there were witnesses. Like, I think those are two pretty cool things yeah. in that story. He wasn't alone and he had to be led back into the city. And at the same time, there's another character in this city that's going, no, I'm not going yeah. to talk to Saul. Yeah. I'm not doing any of that. I just think it's amazing how God you in this story uses these two people. Yeah. Like Paul's definitely like Jesus isn't real. At this time, like he's just persecuting people, and Jesus comes along and knocks him off his horse. And this other guy's like, I'm not going to talk to Saul about you because he's going to throw my butt in jail. Which, which makes me think of how many times 
looking at situations in our life 2020 and seeing all those God moments line up, Paul had no idea that this Ananias was also being spoken to. He had right. no idea. No. And he had no idea this and he had no idea. And all these things lined up. And then 2020, you look at these things and you say, oh, man. I was missing the point. That was awesome. When you get to see all those things line up and you look back on your life and on your moments and your and whatever, and you go, man, God had his hand on all of that stuff. All these things lined up perfectly. And I understand now why maybe I had suffering or maybe I was sick for this reason or that. I understand now. Yeah. A lot of times we want to see it now. That's oh. how I am. I'm like, God, just yeah. show me what's going on right now. But if you wait and you get to look back on it, it's so much better sometimes. Yeah. So let's compare Paul's calling to Peter's calling. So in Matthew 16, 18, it says, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. Verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter on this rock. I will build my church and the gates of Haiti will not overcome it. Peter was a huge part of the movement too. Peter would have been one that actually walked with Jesus, yep. right? He yep. was handpicked by Jesus to no. to walk with them and and start the churches. Yeah. And and Peter's goal and Peter's job then was mostly for the Jews. Now he did things with Gentiles here and there. He was called out by Jesus and we talked about this in last and several other episodes where Peter's got a call that, and Jesus says, "Hey, this isn't just for Jews." Don't say that the meat that I've created isn't good. Right. When we're talking about, he was talking about pigs, but Peter's goal was to start the church. Yeah. Peter's call was a, a pastor. He was called to start a ministry, start a church, be in that Antioch area, be in that Jerusalem area and be an elder with the other apostles. The disciples have now become apostles. They've gotten the Holy spirit. They have this power given to them by Jesus. Right. But the calling that God has on, Paul is different. The calling that God has on Paul is you're going to go. Peter Peter travels some, but Peter is the pastor. And then you have evangelists and missionaries, and that's where Paul's at. Yeah. Paul's going to get sent out. He stays for a while. He stays put for a while. He he learns and he and he preaches in Antioch in Acts chapter 13, 1 through 3. Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manayan, who glad, had, I'm glad you're reading that. <laughs> Manayan, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. Verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. This is Paul's final call. This is, he sat, he's learned, he's taught. And now he finally is saying, God's saying, all right, now's the time. You're ready. Go. It yep. kind of reminds me in the Old Testament of David when he's hanging out in the shepherds and God says, I'm going to pick my new king because King Saul isn't, paying, isn't doing what I asked. And he sends, I think it was Samuel, out, says, find my, I'm going to lead you to yeah. the next king. And they find David. He's a little boy. And he said, okay, anoints him. Here's the king. Well, David does, doesn't walk in and start making making no. rules. He goes back out and he yeah. sits and he learns and he waits. And so that's with Paul. He he gets this calling. Hey, you're going to be my vessel. 
but I want to fill you up first. So sit still and then I'll call you. Oh man. That just, I just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why, but there, there's so much power in sitting and being still mm-hmm. when God's going to fill your cup for your next stage. Yeah. What's coming next? I need you to go rest. I need you to go be at peace yeah. or, or whatever. I need you to dig into my word. Oh, and, yeah. But I need you to rest. Even Jesus went and rested, yep. right? He yep. went off on his own into the wilderness and he prayed. And there's so much power in those moments where you don't just go, 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 go. Yeah. Like we love to do here in America. So much power in that. So he's he's here in, in the Church of Antioch, which we've said before. This is where Christians were first called Christians. And in the verse there, it says Saul. It's Paul that they're talking about. Um, that's another thing. Sometimes Paul would use this Roman card. He he also interchanges his name when it's appropriate. When he's with Romans, he'd use his Saul name or he'd use this name. But when he was in other situations, he uses Paul name. So both those names are used even after his conversion. But it says, and to point out what you were saying in verse two there, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. And then again in verse three. So after they had finished fasting and prayed, they placed their hands. So he's just not hanging out. Yeah. He's just not, well, God, what do you want me to do? Right. He's seeking what his calling is. He know well, he knows his calling. I'm going to be a vessel. Okay. What does that look like? Well, I can't be a vessel if I'm not learning, if I'm not praying, if I'm not fasting, if I'm not. So he's preparing himself for, he necessarily doesn't know. Yeah. But he's, but like you said, he's resting and getting ready. Yeah. He's preparing his spirit to, to guide him, to give him the wisdom that he needs to go out and, and do what God wants him to do. Yep. So then at some point, finally, God says, okay, now's your time. And so he calls out Barnabas and Paul and he says, here you go. Now's the time. So they, they blessed them. They prayed over them. They, it says they laid hands on them and they anointed him and then they sent him off. And now he's gone from in his life, a student, a persecutor, a conversion to Christianity, waiting on what God wants him to do. And now he's being sent off to do the job that he was actually called to do, which we know, like it said before, um, there's going to be suffering. Yeah. I'm sure the Ananias told him that. Oh, like, I'm, whoa, man. Um, I'm just letting you know. You need to be prepared he, for this. <laughs> he said you're his vessel and that's awesome. But he also said you're going to suffer. Yeah. I bet that was in Paul's mind this whole time. Like, man, I wonder what he means. Knowing what he did, that was probably a a point of um, worry for him, a point of anxiety for him. Well, he, I mean, he probably knew what he was going to suffer because he knew he had done it. Yeah. And if you put the military aspect into this, like if you get in trouble when you're in the military as a civilian, like it's even more severe when you go through the, so for, Paul to be a persecutor of Christians and then to all of a sudden flip to, oh no, I had it all wrong. You should be following Jesus. They're not going to be happy with that at no. all. Nope. The Pharisees, nobody. They're just, they're he not going to have that. He flipped the script. Yeah. So now not only, yeah, he's got a lot of people mad at him and he's got a lot of people still scared at him. It took, it took, 
Ananias bringing Paul in to in front of Peter and in front of John and those other apostles and saying, this is what happened, but it took, it also took time for them to trust him. Well, and you know, that's why there's two characters to this. So God blinded Paul, sent him into a city with Ananias who had a message from God. You're going to use Saul and this is what you're going to tell him. Otherwise it would never worked. Paul would have just showed up in these cities and they would have ran. They would have fled from them. They wouldn't have ever trusted that, oh, no, I believe now. And he blinded them, made them walk into the city blind. He couldn't see where he was going, didn't know where he was going. He went from top of his game to now being dragged along. Right, and there were were witnesses to that. So That was probably also, now that I'm thinking about it, scary for him because he persecuted some of these people's families. Throwing him in jail. Now he can't see and he's being dragged back into this town where he's, you know, you know what I mean? That was probably like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get killed here. I can't see. I can't protect myself. I'm at the mercy of these two guys that are with me, travel companions. He's probably terrified. And still having seen the power of God in, in his spirit, you know what I mean? That was probably terrifying to him too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it blinded him. Yeah. Paul's probably a wreck at that point in the story, having, having no so. idea what's going on. But at the same time, he was probably astonished, maybe, that is this really happening? Me? Look what I've done. Yeah. And we can tie that here in a minute, but look what I've done. And you want me to do, you want me to be a vessel f- for you? Yeah. So let's let's put a pin in that. I want to come back to that. And back, in, back in the Bible, our story, Barnabas and Paul have been pushed out and they start their missionary journeys. Barnabas isn't with them the whole time. Timothy comes in, other people come and go with him through his travels. Um, but what they do is they go into these cities, into these cultures. A lot of them are different cultures. You have some, um, Ephesians was by the sea. It was a seaport kind of city. There's all kinds of different cultures. And he goes in, he'll start a church, preaching in the synagogues, starting churches, get it set up. And then he leaves and goes to another one. And then typically, if you look at historical evidence, a lot of times around a year later, he'd come back and check it out and say, okay, I started this church. What's it looking like? How's it working? Oh crap. They didn't, they didn't understand what I said here. Let's he'd appoint elders at that point of the church. Okay. These men are clearly, clearly leadership. They're getting it. We're going to, we're going to pray over you guys. We're going to put you in charge as elders of this church. And then he'd move on again. And periodically he would check back in through whether he'd send Timothy here and Barnabas there and this kind of thing. And he'd write letters, which is where we get 14 books of the Bible yeah. written either by or through another writer, Paul's words. Yeah. Like seven of them were definitely written by Paul and the other seven were maybe written in the name of Paul. Yeah. His words may be transcribed or, um, but yeah. So I guess those look going through the Bible real fast. He's, he wrote Romans, first Corinthians, second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, first and first Thessalonians, second Thessalonians, first Timothy, second Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrew. These are all, not all, obviously Timothy isn't a church, but these are churches that he set up 
and that he would get word. And these churches supported him on his missionary journey. Yeah. Um, they sent him money. They sent him things he needed. Um, he would stay for a season at a place. He'd get thrown in prison and they'd send help. And these are churches and cultures that he went to and set up and preached the word of God to these places and then would check in and these, and these, Oh man, it's what pops to me is Romans, man. That's a, that is a, you, well, you, we're going, you guys are going through Roman. You guys are in Romans right now on a Monday night Bible study. Yeah. What a, what a crazy book to like, we've gone through in Luke, go through Romans with someone with someone with someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a couple it, people take it take, is start a little small group on Monday nights. That's when our groups do it and go through it word by word, verse by verse, and just talk about it. Yeah. It'll, it is a, it'll punch you in the gut. Yeah, it is a very challenging book, Romans is. But Romans was a very challenging culture. Yeah. Yep. So it needed to be, I think that's part of the reason he's a little more stern for maybe a lack of better word yeah. in Romans. Yeah. Because he was writing to that, that Roman culture where they were mightier than the mighty. And yep. they needed to be they were hard down on their butt a little bit. And I think we need that as well. Oh, absolutely. We need all these, all these, all these books of the Bible, all these churches that he wrote to, you can totally apply everything to your own life in some way, shape or form. Yep. And a lot of these churches, if you start, if you do a study through revelation in the first, I think it's chapter two through four or five, John is writing these letters through his revelation on Val of Patmos to a lot of these churches saying, Hey, this is what you've done good. This is what you're doing bad. And this is your future. Do a Bible study through the first couple of books of Revelation. And it points back to a lot of these churches. And these are all churches that Paul either started or helped start these churches. And if you look at the map, they're not, some of them aren't anywhere, any, anywhere near them, near no. each other. No, they were, they were not. You know, one of the, one of the cool things I think about this with Paul, he was very well educated he was a Pharisee who was then persecuting the the Christians who then got flipped yep. and started chasing Jesus. But he had all the right tools, and God knew that. Yep. Like he was, wasn't he like a tent maker too? Yep. That's how so, he supported himself. So he was able to be mobile where maybe Peter wasn't able to be mobile. Maybe Peter didn't have the right tools to be mobile, but Peter had the right tools to be placed where he was to do what he was called to do. And Paul, he was a Pharisee, trained under one of the greats. And so he could go in and speak to these Pharisees. And then he had the testimony yeah. of, no, Jesus knocked me off my horse, yeah. blinded me for three days, and took me to Ananias, who told me, that I'm yeah. going to be his vessel and I'm going to suffer. Yeah. And very much at surface level, I say this, but if you look at the life of Paul, again, very surface level, looking at comparing yourself, look at what Paul had done. Could Jesus, could God have used anyone? Absolutely. Absolutely. God can use anyone still today, however he wants to use them. He can use us as a tool for his work. But I think what's a great example through Paul is God takes someone who Paul says after his conversion said, look what I did. Look yeah. what I did. I can, God can't use me. 
whatever it is that we've done or you've done listening that section of your life where you're like after that i'm i'm just you know i can't be used i'll go to church i'll give my life to christ but i can't be used because look at that and god says no paul i'm gonna take that i'm gonna radically literally radically change you and now i'm gonna put you on this mission that is so great well how are these people gonna like you were saying earlier how are they gonna believe yeah look at paul's testimony look at where he was and he had a 180 degree change in his lifestyle, in his attitude, in his love for other people. He hated people. He killed people. He imprisoned people. And then he had love for people. He still judged people in the fact that you need to clean your crap up. Right. And you can read through the letters. He calls people out on the crap, but he loves them and he completely changes it. And I think that's a testimony that we can use and say, it doesn't matter. I can still be used by God. In that one of the, one of the really important things in in a lot of the letters, Paul starts out with like this is the crap I did, this is the crap I came from, and here's what you're doing, and here's what God says you should do. Like he never puts himself like on a pedestal of oh no never like I was I was I'm much greater than you I I did all this crap. Here's what you're doing. Here's what God tells us to do. Yeah. And Paul, I love how you said that. Paul always put himself as a servant. Yeah. He always said, I am the least of these. I am the least of these. Even in his ministry where he could have had fame, he reached more people than Jesus did when Jesus was here. He touched more people because of his travels, which was the plan, Yeah, which was the goal. Jesus could only touch so many people when he was here on earth. Right. But he wanted to touch the world. So what did he do? He sent the Holy Spirit and he sent people out. Yeah. So G- Paul had more physical touch of people. His mes- The message of Christ through Paul. And I think that uh, one of the things it shows up in Philippians 3, uh, 3 through 6. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law faultless yeah that that is who that is how paul describes himself yeah i mean that says it all like i am i can be all these things but at the end of the day i got knocked off my horse literally (laughs) and blinded and i found jesus and if god can use me through all that why can't he use you too that's a challenge and i think that's I mean, that's so true for any of our viewers that are out there. Maybe I don't know where you're at in your walk or or what you've done in your past, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. If God chose you, God chose you, and you just got to start following and chasing after his son, Jesus. Make sure you're filling yourself up with his word, fasting and praying and and listening. When you're pushed by the Holy Spirit, when you have that 
like we've, I think we've talked about this before that mission in a moment. Yeah. Be ready and go and go. If yeah. it's whatever it is, whether it's to pray for someone, whether it's to buy someone's groceries or, or tell someone about Jesus, whatever it is, when you get that sense that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and wanting you to move, be ready. Doesn't matter where you've been, it's about where you're going. I think one of the other key things in there uh, is finding that quiet time. That I mean, we talked about it, and I think that amongst those things you mentioned is is finding that. Don't always be on the go. Yep. Take some time. Yep. 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there. Or maybe God's got you in a season that you just need to fill yourself up so he can use you in your next stage of life. You might not know what that stage is right away. And that's okay. That's okay. He'll reveal it when it's time. Yeah. So there you go. There's a little, very small study of Paul there. Take some time and go through the Bible and read more on Paul and reflect on, man, if God can use Paul, he can use me too. Um, Go through the Bible and do some more research. When we've done it, join us on the Facebook page. You can find this video, the behind the scenes video that we're shooting right now. You can go there and you can comment, hey, this is something I picked up out of Paul that I was reading out of something Paul wrote or Paul's life. Go there and um, make sure you're subscribed again. If it's Apple, five-star review. If it's Spotify, make sure you're following all that stuff so that every week when we do these episodes, you can stay with us and stay connected. And we are also listed on iHeartRadio now. Oh, we are. That's right. Yeah. You can literally find the Two Fish podcast everywhere. (laughs) So there's no excuse not to share it to one of your friends who says, well, I don't have Spotify. I have iHeartRadio. We just solved that problem for you. So thank you for joining us on another Two Fish podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Two Fish podcast where we try to keep biblical truth simple. Make sure you go check out our Facebook page and our Instagram page. Hit those like, subscribe, and share buttons and make sure you keep coming back.